You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Game number one of the season goes in the Dallas Stars' favor by a final score of 2-1 to one in the shootout against Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. Alongside Chris and James, my name is Ryan. Welcome to Starcastic Remarks. And we have a chocked full AGR for you this evening. How y'all how are y'all doing after that wonderful, beautiful game, gentlemen? Fantastic. It's time to overreact. I mean, obviously, Andre's <laughs> winning the Vesna. We're going 82 and 0, and we're never losing another game past 60 minutes ever again. Boom. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> I, I don't mean to burst your Vesna bubble, Chris, but if we're going off of just this game, Bennington might win the Vesna. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> he did even better. Uh but what oh, man, a goalie well, showcase, I mean, by both of them. Fantastic saves all over the board. Went all the way to a shootout. Even in overtime, some amazing saves by both Dendies. And, man, Auditor came out on top, thank goodness, because Jordan Bennington is the worst. <laughs> I mean, you have to give him credit, though, here tonight. He is the reason why. That I hate him. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He, <laughs> yeah. he was great, but he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good, but he sucks at the same time. But, uh... I mean, how do y'all feel about uh, about after this game? Just just general. I mean, or is it time to overreact, like James is saying? Or I mean, obviously we have our concerns after the first game, but there was a lot of good things that happened in tonight's game as well. Yeah, I definitely thought it was a lot better than the score gave us credit for. We had a lot of really good chances to score. Bennington totally stone cold robbed us two or three times, like point blank goes in every time, and he made the big saves. Um, but yeah, overall, really good game. Money Puck, you know we love Money Puck. Deserved to win O-Meter. Stars had him 60% to 40%. So pretty much dominant across the board, except for that second period, which was really rough. And even if you look at shots, so le- less advanced analytic for you. 10 to 6 in the first period, 10 to 3 in the third period. Unbelievable we didn't score there. And 12 to 10 for the Blues in the second period. So really good first and third, bad second. Took care of business. So let's talk about the big elephant in the room before the game even starts. It comes out yesterday that Rope Hans is going to be a game time decision. It wasn't even a game time decision. It was decided way before the game that he was not going to be played. I talked about it. I called it. I'm just saying I'm the smartest person in the world. But to be totally honest and being quite frank, I still I hate that he didn't get to play opening night. But this is the right decision. That was absolutely the right decision in that particular moment. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, probably the right decision just given that he needs more rest. Um, But it did seem to affect the first line a good deal. I mean, they were definitely not on their game tonight, looked very off, and the first power play unit was terrible. Absolutely awful. And it looked like the second unit was going to get that first goal for the Dallas Stars, and Marchment was going to open the scoring for the Dallas Stars for the second year in a row. And uh, it was not meant to be with uh, it being called offside after that. 
And so let's talk about that for a split second because there's this push in the league right now to kind of get rid of this part of the rule. So it's like they're like, okay, well, if you're offside, but you're in the zone for like 45 seconds, the goal should still count or something like that. That kind of would have gone with this rule because the stars were in the zone for about 30 seconds. So is that something that you would that you would agree that you would like to be you would like to see changed or no? Yes, no. Right. I'll keep talking then. No, it shouldn't right. be changed. I, I was eating cheese. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but what kind of cheese? Victory uh, cheese, Jack. obviously. Yeah, victory cheese. <laughs> victory cheese. <laughs> I have my victory cheese. The cheddar. Victory cheddar. But no, you shouldn't change it because then where do you draw the line? You draw it at 30 seconds. Oh, someone scored at 29 seconds. Oh, well, that's not basically 30. There's no line to draw. So you should leave it how it is now. Get it as correct as you can. And not leave it up to, oh, well, it was on the rush or it wasn't on the rush. I don't want to leave anything up to stupid referees. Yeah, I, 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 I don't fully disagree with you, Chris, but I hate it every time it happens both ways. I mean, it, it's absolutely awful. It kills the mood no matter which direction it goes. It's like it's so weird because then you just you, you go back like 30 seconds or like a minute sometimes and it's like you're you're dropping the puck for the first time again. Like the game just restarted completely. It's it's so it's so awkward and abnormal and doesn't make sense. That's why I I hate it so much. I fully agree that it feels weird and incorrect, but I don't think there's a better option. And I would rather them take away the terrible non-calls that affect the game and have these happen every once in a while than to not have it at all. I I think it's a fair trade. Fair enough. Well, it didn't stop Jamie Benn from scoring, and he was obviously hacked off. It didn't count. So literally 18 seconds into the second period, Jamie Benn pots the goal. He's, he's the one that actually kind of starts the uh, scoring for the Dallas Stars this season. Does the Benissons continue, gentlemen? Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> <He> was ab- <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Benn was really good all game long, too. And that shift especially, he makes a diving play to poke it into the zone to get it deep, and then... Delhi gets in deep and he cycles cycles it to Ben, who just gets out in front and does what he does in front of the net for his entire career. I mean, it really seems like he's going to keep keep doing it. Since we're kind of talking about Ben and Johnston a little bit, what did you think of uh, Delandria with the two of those guys? And then what did you think of because we did see Dodonov a little bit with those two guys as well. What did, what did y'all think? I mean, we we saw the Landry last year, and we saw the advanced metrics with it. I mean, the advanced analytics say that he is the best fit for that line, but it's it doesn't always work in practice. And part of that, I think, is just because of Delandria's finishing. I mean, sometimes he just cannot put the puck in the back of the net, no matter if he's in the right spot or not. I mean, it. I I don't know what it is if it's some like force field around him that just doesn't allow him to actually shoot the puck. But yeah. it, it's it's definitely frustrating. And I think the adjustment was more so for the uh, Marchment Duchesne line than it was for the Ben Johnson line um, in that third period. It was trying to get something going with that line because yeah, Duchesne and Marchment were not doing very, very good. Yeah. And in the third, it definitely worked because we had like a 10 minute span where we were just chance after chance after chance. And it was every single line had a chance. I mean, fourth line came up with one and then, and then Ben and Johnson would go out there, they get another one. And then Marchment, and Sagan would go out there. They get another one. They, they dominated over period. and over and over again. So many tangents we can go off on there. But uh, I want to talk about the fourth line because 
I know we we might have some divided opinions on this. I really liked the fourth line tonight. Uh, they they were a little different than the top three lines in this particular case. What we really saw in the first period, and uh, I think it was Razor who mentioned it, we saw a lot of uh, north-south hockey. So a lot of rush chances both ways. And then that fourth line comes in, and one of their, I think it was probably their third or fourth shift, they uh, they get some cycle going down in the offensive zone. And that was that was nice to see. And they looked dangerous doing it. Now, I, I, I wish Fox had, had some finish <laughs> to him when he, he had that big For chance real, in the third period. Man. But, like, like that was huge. I, I wish he had it. But uh, what did y'all think about the fourth line? I thought it was actually pretty good this evening. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved seeing Craig Smith dance around in the first period, first time touching the puck really in the offensive zone, and he makes something pretty happen. That's really nice to see a guy on the fourth line even to have the confidence to try something like that is impressive. Um, and yeah, they got a couple of good scoring chances. They also let up a couple, though. And I think that's kind of something that we're going to see different on this fourth line. They're going to be more offensive, and they're not going to be as locked down defensive as they were last year either. Yeah, it's just it, that that's tough when you're talking about they're they're probably going to play like ten minutes a night as well. Normally, I mean, Fox has more time on ice because he plays on the penalty kill. But I mean, S- Smith and Steele did not play on the penalty kill. I don't think, mm-hmm. and. And I mean, they end up with 10 minutes of ice time. So. That's still pretty good for a fourth line guys to get that much time out of them. I think that's still pretty good. Mm, the, the Blues got more. So they did. How did, how did they t- end up? 11:30 for the fourth liners. Yeah, so maybe an extra Three shift or two. Yeah, <laughs> extra shift or two or whatever it was. Yeah, not too bad. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, I want. I really want to talk about the penalty kill as well. So uh, Stars got themselves in some early penalty kill in the first period. And you could tell that Stars fans were very frustrated. I, I would be interested to hear from Zach because uh, Zach was actually there tonight. Uh, it, it seemed like that the fans were very frustrated with the fact that they did not get some of the calls early on in kind of the middle of the first period. And then like you know, on the back half of the first period, uh, the St. Louis Blues started getting some opportunities and started getting some power plays as well. But it looked great. The penalty kill looked absolutely amazing. And I think, especially with the the first two opportunities that the Blues had, I think they had one shot, and they were having issues getting into the zone. They never got uh, set up at all either. So, I mean, what did y'all see from the penalty kill tonight, especially with all the new faces that are on the penalty kill? Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, the the only thing it did was it killed our our aggressive nature that we had in the first going. I mean, we were we, it looked like it did in the third in the first ten minutes of the first, but then we took two penalties in a row, and then and then we cut that let the Blues fully back into the game, regardless of if they had good chances or not, which they didn't. I mean, they they basically just chased the puck for for four minutes while they had those power plays, but it, it's, it just killed our momentum mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all that. that, that, that I was agree. The story of the first period. I mean, it really was. It, it, uh, it was especially frustrating that we played so good in the first period and didn't really get a, a chance on the power play until the very end. And especially the, the Sunquist dive. Ooh, that is one of the worst dives I've seen in a while. That's like almost fine worthy. That's pretty egregious. 
So moving on to some other storylines coming out of tonight's game is uh, we, we very briefly mentioned it, but let's talk about the goaltending again because the goaltending was ridiculous. Uh, both sides, I, I would say Bennington was the busier of the two goaltenders, but it, going into the second intermission, you had to be shocked that this game was still one-to-one with all the posts, with all the chances, and, and both ways too, honestly. The Blues had some decent chances in the second period as well. They were the better team in the second period. So uh, what did y'all see from either Bennington or from Ottinger that really impressed you tonight? Great goaltending. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it was yeah. it was a goalie duel all night. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a really good goalie duel, and Ottinger won. He normally does whenever those games kind of happen. I mean, you always think back to the the zero zero shootout win for Otter against Flurry, uh, I think t- two years back. So yeah, Otter loves those kinds of things, and he he really dug in. I actually didn't know this, but when he played college hockey, there was no such thing as three on three overtime or shootout. So I th- I thought that was interesting that the first time he had ever seen that was when he got to the professional leagues. So uh, kind of interesting going from there. Uh, moving on to uh, let's do Matt Duchesne first, because in our little group chat with Zach and with dad and uh, the two younger boys. So it, it almost sounded like y'all were a little bit disappointed with how Duchesne played tonight. You wanted to see a little bit more. But the the thought that kept coming to my head was like, let, let's chill. It's his first game, and, and like he he's he, he's he's was expecting to be in Nashville this year. He's in a brand new situation. He was also expecting to play with Tyler Sagan, which probably would have helped him offensively, and he wasn't able to do that tonight. So, uh, what what did y'all think of Matt Duchesne's play tonight? I I think the reason why we kind of feel that way is because he had the most time on ice among forwards. I mean, we saw him a lot tonight. I don't know how it happened. I don't know if he was just taking longer shifts or or if he got stuck out there in the second at some point, but we did see a lot of him tonight. Well, also, if you look at who, who got shots in our forward group, there's four players that didn't get a shot on goal. Roddick Foxa, Craig Smith, Mason Marchment, who also I didn't think have, had a great game, and Matt Duchesne. And like you said, Matt Duchesne was on the ice more than any other forward and did not record a shot on goal. That's not what he's here for. That really is interesting that he actually had the most time on ice. But was it like egregious? Like, like there's no one close to him, or what? What's the difference, James? He has yeah. almost a minute more than Jason Robertson. That's I would call uh, that's that pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know what to expect from him going forward. We, we won't see the stars play again until Tuesday. Shorter shifts. <laughs> I, I, I want to see him shoot the puck more. And speaking of shooting the puck uh, more, Robertson. Uh, Robertson, guess, he, he had a good game. I, I don't think he no. had a bad game, but he didn't he, shoot enough. He, he did not shoot up at all. Until the very end of the third. I mean, he, he he was invisible for 50 minutes of the game, essentially, is what I felt like. Yeah, I don't think Robertson had a great game. Is it the hints effect? I think it could be the hints effect. I think that top line didn't look great, and I think a big part of that was not having hints on the ice. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Ryan here. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. 
Just one example here is Thursday night football on the 12th. The Broncos are at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs right now, their money line is at minus 520, and the Broncos are at a plus 390. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Do we see a little bit of a lineup change with some of these guys going into Tuesday? No, because they could fix that very easily. We've seen Sagan be good with those guys. They just got to figure it out. Well, well, that's also assuming that Robert Hintz doesn't play on Tuesday. Because if and he if probably does will. play, yeah, <laughs> I, I think he probably will as well. So, okay, uh, moving on to the D pairings tonight, which was probably one of the most interesting things uh, coming into tonight's game, was the defensive pairings, and I thought they all played pretty well. Uh, they there was some there were some obvious mistakes, like one of the big uh, turnovers by Suter uh, in the middle of the first period Shock. there that let. let <laughs> Let me finish. Hey, that's why we have Suter to have turnovers. I mean, but um, generally, I liked the the combos. And uh, generally speaking, I like the combos uh, and how they did tonight. I would agree with you mostly, except for one player in particular. Who? Hawk and Paul was pretty atrocious tonight. He, I mean, bad. and and time on ice showed it too. I mean, he had he had fifteen minutes and forty seconds of time on ice. Less than any other defenseman by two minutes, at least. <laughs> and, well, speaking of uh, other defensemen as well, what did you think of Thomas Harley? His defensive play tonight was on spot. I thought and it, it was had excellent. to be. It had to be. It's a scary thing. I mean, <laughs> he, he covered for Hockenpah so many times. It was crazy. Yeah, there were several times where Harley made up for a poor play that Hockenpah made. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was from Hawkenpaw this game, but it's he, gotta he's got to get be, that figured out. It's got to be just disconnect from not playing with Lindell. I mean, it, he's played with Lindell for two seasons, and that's that's someone who's always going to do the same thing over and over again. Now you're playing with Harley, who is a rookie in the league and is probably going to do some things that you're not expecting him to. Yeah, I, I'm thinking so too. In his defense, he has been fighting something as well some sort of minor injury. So maybe that kind of led to some of his poor defensive play tonight. Well, Am I being too nice? Then. If you're too hurt <laughs> to know. play good, don't play. Well, okay. 
Uh, what about Nels Lundqvist? I think he was honestly was... the the most impressive defenseman for me to, tonight. Obviously, Miro. I, I'm. That's about to say. Not, Miro had impressed. a crazy yeah. night. Okay, Miro well, should have scored but, four goals. Right, but but like it, like here's the deal. Like we we expect that out of Miro, right? Like that's the expectation out of him, right? So it didn't really surprise me that much that he was getting all these chances, it right? Surprised but me. Lundqvist, Lundqvist tonight was actually making some good defensive plays in his own zone, and then he rings one off the pipe right when we needed a goal. And I was like, dang, if it was just an inch to the left, it would have worked so much better. What would y'all think of his game? I, I loved it. He, I, Like you said, he made some really solid uh, defensive plays in his own end with his stick, was which was yeah. what I noticed. Was, really similar awesome. to Miro Haskin and stuff. Um, and then in his own end, rifles went off the post, like you said. Wicked shot. Really ridiculous. Had another shot on goal there. Led the second power play unit really well. Essentially should have gotten a assist on the uh, Marchment goal that was called back for the offsides. But I thought he did a great job on the power play as well. And I, I, I would say he did better than Harley. But I'm also thinking that's probably a little bit because he was playing with Lindell, who's a better yeah. pair to play with. He had a good game as well. So I think that's a big part of it. But both of them did really good. I mean, and they and the the coaches thought so too. They both got a minute more than Suter. I mean, yeah, I I'm sure that's partly we're pacing Suter a little more this year, but, but I mean, they, they, they both did really, really well tonight. Yeah. You, if you look at the time on ice for our defensemen, that's <laughs> kind of where you want it at. I mean, most <laughs> even it's been in years. Yeah. Most even it's been in Miro Haskin is almost 10 minutes more than anyone else. But I, yes. I don't think we're not going to do that. anymore. <laughs> Where we're at, what we want, Miro Haskin in 27 minutes, crazy. But obviously, he's going to be 28. playing 28. A lot more. He's seven seconds 28. from 28. Right. Sorry. And then we have Lundqvist with 19 minutes, Lindell 19, pretty much 20 minutes, and Harley with 19 and a half. And that's where we want him. Suter's at 18, even Hockenbach even lower because he had a bad game. But if we had to pick which two guys would be played the least, probably Hockenbaugh and Zuter. And that's what happened. So if we if we keep that going throughout the season, that'd be fine by me. Um, What else? There, there were, I had something ready, and I, I completely forgot where, where I was going to go next with all this. But anyways, what's something that we haven't uh, discussed tonight that y'all want to kind of bring up? Miro Haskin was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you want to start a Vesna campaign, the only thing he could have done better was the score. North he, he, he led the he, He's going to play goalie, ice. too? <laughs> Honestly, he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> led the team in time on ice. <laughs> six shots on goal. Shots. Led them in shots. Beat all other forwards. Score. I mean, he, he was He, he was, was a monster. He was, was an no absolute monster. When he was on the ice. He was unbelievable. I mean, we could say that every game, and, but we're going to start the season off on the right foot and sing his praises because yeah, that is unbelievable. And even when he wasn't doing like crazy offensively, like in the second period when our team was heavily on the back foot, he stopped like probably at least four or five chances, like rushes the other way. It, it yeah. was it, and it makes was, it look easy. It was same as last year, Miro Haskinen, but he shot six times and should have had three goals. <laughs> That's what I loved. I love seeing him shoot. And they weren't, he wasn't shooting to try and make something happen. He was shooting to score. He was yeah. shooting to score. And, That's and what he you was, want to see from him. And he was dancing deep in the zone with the puck too. I mean, he had two shots that were right up close, tried to flip one right over a, a shoulder as well. I mean, yep. Love seeing the aggression. What else? Anything else that I that I can't think of that I haven't mentioned yet? Biggest winner, biggest loser. All right, let's do it. 
All right, biggest winner and biggest loser tonight. Uh, why don't we start? Biggest loser, James. You go first. Biggest loser, Yanni Hockenpah. He's probably, Hockenpah's probably still nursing something. But regardless, he had a really, really rough night. There was one time where he chased Charlie into his own defensive corner. Um, don't, yeah. I'm not sure why he did that. that Lucky that didn't going, go buddy. in. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like my text. Like, dude, where are you going? <laughs> hopefully, he can catch back up next game, but we'll see. Uh, my biggest loser is going to Radic Foxa. He, he is gifted the most amazing opportunity. He's the only one moving in the offensive zone. If you're the only one moving, man, you got a good chance to score. And the puck just hits his tape and explodes off, and it goes through the corner. <laughs> I mean. If that doesn't if if that's not a sign that you're a defensive player, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, and just not a great game overall. He had no shots. One of the few people who didn't have a shot. He just lost the faceoff percentage, yeah. which is really not good for Fox. So that's one thing that he's supposed to really excel at. Not great, not terrible. He did good on penalty kill. I'll give him that. That's his job. That's his job. <laughs> My biggest loser is kind of a joke. It's the stick of Miro Haskinen for not scoring a goal. I can't yeah, believe he didn't score. <laughs> I can't believe he, he didn't score. So I'm, I'm not giving it to Miro Haskinen because he absolutely doesn't deserve it. Just his stick. Because, <laughs> you know, I, w- I wouldn't doubt that he switched sticks during the game. Like, no, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. He should so, if he didn't. Just, just for some bad mojo or whatever. Okay. Anyways, biggest winner tonight, James. Uh, I'm going Mira Haskin and I mean, he, he doesn't get either of the goals, but, uh, he, he, he was an absolute monster tonight. I mean, I was, I was expecting him to be good. I always expect him to be good, but he, he really was even more so than last year, dominating all over the ice. Always the most impactful player or skater, at least. Cause you know who the most impactful player was Jake Ottinger, 958 save percentage. I mean, he was dominated. Great in the great in overtime. His overtime was absolutely amazing. Getting the puck moved. I mean, coming out to pass the faceoff dot to keep the play going for us in the offensive end was fantastic. Gave us a really good scoring chance that Bennington somehow saved. I mean, overall, Ottinger was just fantastic tonight. That's how you start a Vesna season, right there. One nothing or one to one win, I should say. Sorry. Since you both took mine, uh, who I would have chosen, I'll go with the. Uh, the obvious one tonight, the goal scorer, Jamie Ben, And, uh, I mean, how classic can it be that the guy who opens the scoring for a season where the stars are viewed as a, not just a Stanley Cup contender, but maybe even a Stanley Cup favorite, he's the one that starts it off. I mean, it, and I, I think the Benessance is going to continue. He, he had four shots tonight as well. So one of the guys that the, the puck would not stay on his stick, it was going towards the net whenever he had an opportunity to shoot. So loved it. He's he's my biggest winner for tonight. Yeah, that, that actually before we close it, little little, little mm-hmm. last minute thing. I was surprised that there wasn't as many shots as there as I thought there was going to be tonight. Individual players did it very well. Jamie Ben, Pavelski, Sagan, Haskinen, even Suter. Suter three shots on goal tonight. I'm surprised we didn't see more. Honestly, that's one thing this season I was expecting us to just go way over the top with his shots on goal. Cause that's kind of DeBoer's MO is to shoot the puck a ton. And maybe we'll see a little bit more from the depth guys later on, but I mean, 34 to 24 shots on goal. They still kind of did it. Yeah. 
And, and it okay. would have been more in the first bar. I was expecting bad more. penalties. Mm-hmm. That's true. The penalties in the first probably killed that a little bit. All right, and, and I have to mention that I, I completely forgot the most obvious thing that happened tonight. The Stars win past 60 minutes. Oh, and, yeah. J- and James, James but we went in shootouts. says, I hate you. We, we were four <laughs> and three in shootouts last year. So, yeah, we did four in shootouts. Yeah. But I thought the overtime was good. I mean, I think the Blues had I, one chance and we had three that Bennington somehow saved. I mean, yeah. we did very yeah. well. And I think the key to our overtimes is going to be Otter. I mean, that's going to be a key to a lot this season is Otter. And he was fantastic. And that's something he's obviously focusing on this year, too. So. I, I don't see this being the same problem as we had last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, and and we also, like, we knocked on Duchesne earlier, but he he technically he has the game-winning goal. <laughs> no, he has the game-winning nothing. That goal is, goes to nobody. That's a I phantom think, goal. I think, I think it's a he phantom gets goal. a point in game-winning goals, but I'm not sure. There's no way he gets a game-winning goal for I that. Think it's not a goal. no goals and, and one in game-winning goals, but I'm not positive. If that... I will be I don't think that's flabbergasted if no. that happens. I would be upset. That's why the well, game ended one to one because that goal is nobody's. Nobody scored. Nobody scored. One to one. Okay, so but let me ask you because I was really really interested to see, when the time went out. Which by the way, Wyatt Johnson with an a unbelievable block to end the third period. Great, right? Yes. Um. Anyways, I was really interested to see what DeBoer was going to do going into overtime and who he was going to immediately put out there. And it it was it it did not disappoint. I was very surprised, and it was very interesting with the three players he started with: Matt Duchesne, Tyler Sagan, Mira Hayskinen. So it not, not Robo, not Pavelski, not you know Wyatt Johnston or Ben. It was those three guys. I thought that was very interesting. I, I like it. I like it on paper. I think you have Ro- if you have Rope though, you're gonna go Robertson Rope. <laughs> so uh, I think yeah. that's more of a matter of not having Rope than it is. That really being our first number one. You know what would be really fun to see in overtime is see Rope, Wyatt Johnston, and Mira Hayskinen out there together. That would be a lot of fun. I would love to see that. But okay. Anyways, moving on from that, I just thought it was interesting that uh, the Dallas Stars, you know, first game of the season, we've talked about the overtime and slash shootout bug, and the Stars end up winning their first game in a shootout. So, anything else, gentlemen, tonight as we wrap it up? No, sir. How about them Rangers? Rangers back in action on Sunday in the ALCS. Go and watch that on Sunday and then go watch the Stars on Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening once again. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor for our episode, this podcast, and all of THBN. Go and check out StarcasticRemarks.com for all the latest information on our podcast. There will be a blog post hopefully in the next couple of days up there about tonight's game with my major takeaways. Along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And for the first time this season, Chris, take us out. GG boys. Later, guys.